we would get in these dumb fights of who got to be the servant for the other one in that moment. (laughs) It's like the opposite of what a lot of siblings are facing these days. So I remember that so many times where we would both come headstrong, like wanting to do our own thing. And then we would both feel that tug of the Holy Spirit. And then we would argue about, now I want to be the servant. And it was just hilarious. (laughs) Hello, friends. Welcome back. This is Mindy Green. And I'm Carrie Green. And my name is Caleb. Oh, there he goes. That's our son, (laughs) Caleb. He's our guest on this episode, in case you can't figure that one out. He's your special surprise today. Yeah. We have talked with all of our kids. If you've been listening for any length of time, you've met the other four. Well, Caleb is the one who, it seems, was the busiest and was hardest to get in the same room and As a matter of fact, we're not even in the same room, so if the audio quality sounds a little different, that's why, because we're recording this over the internet. But Caleb, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy we could finally find the time. It's been hard, but it's been good to finally make it happen. So Caleb, our desire with these episodes is just to give parents kind of a peek into the life of a child who's grown up in a Christian home and is still walking with the Lord once they're an adult. So let's start out with you kind of filling in the audience on who you are, how old you are, your situation in life, just so they know the context from which you're speaking. Sure. I am the fourth kid in the Green family, in the Mindy and Carrie Green family. I am currently 24, which is always super hard to remember for some reason. (laughs) And currently living in Colorado, I am in the hospitality industry, working at a cafe. And that's something I've been doing for a long time and still really love it. Just love working with people and creating professional growth. So that's what I'm doing at a managerial level. And then my wife and I both go to church in the Springs and we are actually expecting our first kiddo this summer. So that'll be super duper exciting. Which we are so excited about. (laughs) Yes, I hope so. (laughs) They will be giving us our sixth grandchild. Yeah, which is very exciting to think about. And we're all praying for a girl. I don't know what you're praying for, Caleb, but we have grandboys so far. Yeah, I think I'm praying for a girl in the sense that it would be the first grandbaby that is a girl. And, you know, extra spoiled from both (laughs) sides of the family because... My in-laws, so Sabrina's parents, this would be their first grandchild, just period. So, yeah. It would be so special. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say extra special yes. on both sides of the family. So, Caleb, you were the fourth in the family, the fourth child, as you said, and you know, you're the second son. So, you had a brother and two sisters just older than you. I'm very curious how it felt to you growing up in that environment in terms of the relationships within the family and what you felt the tone of the family was like. So Aaron is eight years older than me, I believe. And that never felt like too big of a rift, I think, having my brother be that much older because I think Mel and Maddie, number two and number three, at least in my memory, it felt like they were really great friends and they kind of stuck together. 
And so Aaron and I kind of did the same. And obviously Mel and Maddie and Aaron all got along and we were all friends. But as far as being super close, I think it was Mel and Maddie and it was Aaron and I for a lot of years. That's great. That's the way we saw it too. And then obviously Faith being the youngest, she and I were also super close. And I think she benefited from obviously being a sister. So being able to be close to Mel and Faith and a lot of times they shared a room. So there's that. but. Faith and I were a lot more like playmates for sure. And then Aaron Mm -hmm. and I were a lot more like, hey, let's go fishing. Let's go build a fort. Let's go (laughs) do random, you know, stuff that at my age, maybe I wouldn't have or shouldn't have done out on my own. But having an older (laughs) brother, yeah, having an older brother there who's done that stuff or who could quote unquote protect me made it just awesome to be able to do that stuff. So. That's great. Does it feel like the fact that you kids shared rooms, did that help in y'all having friendships like you did? Yeah, I think so. I know that I feel pretty introverted and I wonder if some of that branches from the fact that I did share a room with siblings. And so now Hmm. as an adult or as a young adult, it's more easily for me to swing the other way of I've had to be in the presence of someone else, someone else who I'm considering, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can't just do what I want necessarily when they're in the room at night. So maybe that's why I've swung a little more introverted, but I think without a doubt, sharing rooms did make us closer as siblings, 100%. Yeah. And the context in which Mindy asks that is that even in houses where we had the space for the kids to have their own rooms, we insisted that the boys be in a room together and the girls be in a room together for that very hope that their friendships would blossom out of that. So, And so, Caleb, are you saying you swung introverted to have that balance, to have alone time? I think so. And uh-huh. it was never consciously that's what I was doing. But I yeah. think sharing a room growing up caused me to swing more introverted. And I don't even think I'd label it as a negative thing. I would agree with that. So, Caleb, describe your earliest recollections of our home from a spiritual standpoint. What are the things you remember us doing or talking about or or saying together that helped to form how you thought of God and Jesus and faith in God and all those things? I think a lot of what I remember is actually like reflected from how y'all raised faith in a sense, because I think I was a little older to remember a lot more of those moments. So I Mm -hmm. remember y'all talking with her or disciplining her when she was a lot younger, more than I might remember it for myself. And I know that's how it was for me as well. So a lot of things like a lot of things like looking at scenarios from the point of view of the classic, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Um, (laughs) Or, (laughs) how sins or actions or, you know, hitting your brother affects like the heart of Jesus and how it makes him sad, you know, really dumbing it down to those types of terms for someone who was really young. Um, I remember that clearly with faith. And I know that y'all did that with myself as well, almost to the point that, you know, faith and I's relationship, we would get in these dumb fights of who got to be the servant for the other one in that moment. (laughs) It's like the opposite of what a lot of siblings are facing these days. So I remember that so many times where we would both come headstrong, like wanting to do our own thing. 
And then we would both feel that tug of the Holy Spirit. And then we would argue about, now I want to be the servant. And it was just hilarious. (laughs) That is so funny. I remember that too. Yeah, the unexpected problems of being too godly. I know, (laughs) I know. But, and then sometimes that, yeah, it would turn ugly sometimes. So, you know, sometimes there can be too much of it. So. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That is really funny. That's great. But as far as the home and the family, I remember dinner time being super important and meal times. You know, obviously there was an emphasis on dinner, but there were also a lot of times where we were eating lunch together, breakfast together, whatever it is. And there was some sort of scripture or devotional being presented by you, dad, which was great. And a lot of times for the breakfast portion, we do like some memorization of scripture. And then that's kind of all we would do. And then at night, sometimes we'd touch on that again or read or those types of things. But the biggest thing I can think of is like a weekly family night where we were very intentional with scripture reading and having the kids read and having us all pray for prayer requests and those types of moments. My favorite weeks were the ones where uh, we would have like a little game night, of course, instead of reading the Bible. But (laughs) You know, as a kid, that's natural. (laughs) Yes, that's great. So, Caleb, from our observation of you, it doesn't seem like you developed legalistic habits as a result of different practices or traditions we've had in our home. Would you agree with that? Or did you feel pressured by rules or performance in our home? I don't think I felt too pressured at least not to a legalistic point. Mm -hmm. There's always things that should come with some healthy fear or, you know, being afraid of sinning or sinning against the Lord or whatever. And I do think that a lot of those were appropriately weighted. I don't think there was ever a sense of just doing something to do it. And that's more what I see legalism as. It's just like, we're following a laundry list of rules, quote unquote. And it never felt that way at the house. It was always more based on scripture or based on, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is y'all never made it seem like it's y'all's way or the highway. Like, I mean, life is just different for everybody and it changes here and there. And, you know, God is the one true thing that doesn't change. And I think you made that clear without me having to feel like I had to follow a bunch of rules. Mm, That's really good to hear. I'm glad that you didn't feel inappropriately coerced or pressured like a legalistic background could cause you to feel. Caleb, I think that's good what you said about legalism. For the benefit of the parents listening, I know a lot of times parents are concerned that their rules in the home are going to come across as legalistic and their kids are going to want to rebel against them when they get older. What would you say was helpful to not make our rules become legalistic? It's kind of hard looking back to know exactly what it was maybe, but yeah, I think it could be a combination of things. And like I said before, I think having reasoning and As much as, you know, as a kid, I'm not really loving just hearing your reasons for X, Y, Z. Later on, it really helped me to think like with discernment and with intelligence about scenarios instead of it just being, oh, we don't do this because we don't do this, you know? 
and it just being a rule for the sake of itself. That's what never ultimately felt legalistic. But Mm -hmm. the other item I'd say is that y'all didn't just like talk the talk, but this was something that we could observe in your lives and we could see the fruit of it. And so it truly was something that kind of spoke for itself in y'all's lives as well. So I think that also was just a great shiny example of why it was positive and why it wasn't just a rule for a sake of a rule. Yeah, well, I appreciate hearing that because I do know that your mom and I consciously thought about the need for consistency in the way we lived as connected to the things we're teaching you because none of us likes a hypocrite and none of us likes to Mm -hmm. follow a hypocrite. (laughs) Exactly. We really understood, I think, that if we weren't living it, you guys were going to see that and you wouldn't want to live it either if you didn't see us living it because, you know. Sure. Words without action don't mean much. Mm -hmm. And I also heard Caleb saying that, in a sense, we educated them on why we did certain things. And so when he grew up and he had more of a mature mind, he had knowledge behind what he was doing. Right. And that knowledge was a help and a protection to him. Yeah, there's a point where it changed from, no, like, you obey your mom and dad to explaining more of the reasoning and importance of why, which I think at a certain age did really cling on more than just a no would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure your mom and I weren't nearly as good at it as the Apostle Paul. But if you think about the way he writes in the New Testament, that's what he does. He says, you're to be this kind of person and here's why. Mm -hmm. he, He lays out the argument, so to speak. And so I'm glad to hear that that's how you picked up on that. So, Kayla, do you remember the time in your life when you came to faith in Christ, or were you too young to remember that? The time I came to Christ is one that I don't think I remember. I have weird sort of like screenshots from maybe that day, but I don't think so. So, Mom, you've told this story so many times that I think my mind just kind of, it's almost like reading a book. You kind of build out the environment and the characters and what happened. So I think that's more of what it was. So I definitely don't remember. Right. Well, what I remember is it was one time at bed at night and when dad was tucking you in bed. And you were three years old. Okay. So See, I thought I was in the bath, so... Here we are, already different. <laughs> yeah. That was that was actually Aaron's story. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no! Your whole identity in Christ is threatened. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's funny. I'm sure I have it written down somewhere, but I do know you were around three years old because I have that written down. And regardless of whether you remembered or not, growing up as a believer in Christ, you obviously were were led in your family to honor Christ and to live your life for his sake. As you grew older, how do you think, or maybe the better question is, when do you think that began to become your own faith rather than just obeying your parents and doing what they said because they said it? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about this a lot and I think it's a question that's really hard for me to answer. 
I don't see a certain point as when I truly almost was like, quote unquote, saved on my own of like my faith became my own. And I also don't think I had, y'all could tell me, but like a big rebellious phase, you know, and then I had to come out the other side of that and, you know, recommit my life to God, you know. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything like that. So truly, I don't know. I could give you a time because I think it was early on enough, kind of like I was talking about where the reasonings behind like the Bible and God and why we do what we do and why we have faith in him eventually became my own because of what I had learned and the reading I had done on my own and stuff. But I think it was pretty early on, you know. Yeah, and I I kind of expected an answer like that because of what you said earlier about how the Holy Spirit would nudge you about how you were treating your sister. And so that's what spawned some of the yeah. competition of who's going to be the servant is the Holy Spirit's actually working in your life already. So. Right, right. Yeah. The Lord does different things in all of our lives and has to do with personality and gifting, I think, too. So would you say, Caleb, that it's like you just trusted in Christ and you just gradually grew in the knowledge of him, in obedience to him as you grew older. And like you said, you didn't have a rebellious time, but you just continued to grow and God was faithful. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, I had just even like a really strong like scripture reading life and quiet time and just seeking him. And yeah, I think it just grew over time. And I think that time where I was faithful to reading his word and praying for specific things over and over and over has even blessed me now. Like, for example, the prayer I used to pray every single day, and I still do if I'm having my quiet time in the morning, is specifically at the end of my quiet time, I'd pray for wisdom and discernment that day. And um, that was just my thing, probably, I don't know, since I was like 10. And I think that's been really encouraging to see how he has gifted me with wisdom and discernment, mm-hmm. just even on a mental and I don't know, brain level. <laughs> um, Cause you know, I'm faced with situations day by day and I feel like I always have good insight and discernment and, you know, that can sound kind of haughty to say, but I truly think he's blessed me with that. And even after dry spells where I haven't been in the word as much. I haven't been seeking him, um, just truly haven't for, you know, however long. Um, I still see those gifts that he's given me with day-to-day scenarios of, you know, he's given me the wisdom to deal with this and the discernment to know what's right in a given moment. Yeah, that's definitely God's gift and grace he's given you. So it's not haughty. You're just proclaiming his work, aren't you? Yeah, and I think what you describe is something that maybe I can just take a short moment to do a little bit of a teaching point here for the listeners. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And many times we take that to mean, therefore, I need to be reading the word in the word, learning the word every day of my life, which I can advise you is not a bad practice. (laughs) Highly recommended. But (laughs) the fact is, that when we are in his word, it actually becomes a part of us over time. And that word still serves as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, even on the days we didn't crack the book open. 
And so that's part of what I think Caleb's describing is that the seeds were planted in his mind and his heart that were able to come to fruition later in moments of life. And I'm sure he's not saying in those moments when he needs discernment, a verse comes to his mind. That's not what I'm hearing at all. I wish. The wisdom that comes from it is there. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to highlight is I remember, Caleb, when your dad and I started noticing that you had discernment and wisdom, and I remember us talking to you about it. And, you know, it was around that time that you started praying for it. And and I'm sure that also encouraged you, you know, mom and dad see wisdom in me, so I want to ask for it. I want to pray for it. And we've definitely seen you grow in that gifting. Thank you. So, Caleb, as you have, you know, made the transition from childhood to young adult and now, you know, fully an adult for sure, what do you feel are the things that you picked up in your growing up years, spiritually speaking, that have served you well as you've moved into adulthood? Yeah, I think just trusting in the Lord has been a huge thing. Knowing that God's got it no matter what, I think was one of the biggest things that was instilled into me when I was young and is something that I've continued to just feel at all times. And it allows me not to, you know, worry about the future and it allows me to approach things from just a much calmer perspective, I think, um, and not to overthink and getting into my twenties, seeing so many people who struggle with worrying. I mean, that's truly what it is. And whether you want to call it anxiety or whatever, panic attacks, I think it all stems from a place of just not trusting the Lord enough and not being able to put that in his hands. It's almost like Mm -hmm. the spiritual version of like out of sight, out of mind. And that has been super duper helpful. And I feel like I've been able to approach many real life scenarios or, you know, tough things with a calm mind and even keeled because I have that trust. So that's one for sure. This is just a social thing, but I obviously, you know, I was homeschooled, but y'all were very adamant that we weren't going to be homeschooled, homeschooled. And um, (laughs) so social skills and talking to people was something I was always very comfortable with because it just wasn't allowed to like not say thank you to a server in a restaurant or something when we were younger, you know? And then you also, to an extent, like kind of just made us get jobs at a certain age, like summer jobs and stuff. And that had us learning how to work in an adult world early on, which is great and helped with social things and social cues. And then also, you know, we would talk about the deep, like heartfelt stuff at home. And so there was also like an emotional intelligence that was being built alongside that, which was super helpful. That's so encouraging to hear, Caleb. That's a great faithful work that God has done in you. And it's a good time for us to be able to share that you have been such a joy and you're a peaceful comfort in our family. I know your siblings have said that also. And yeah, thanks. That shows the work that God's been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Caleb, as you have taken on responsibility in your adult life, uh, you're now managing a cafe, like you said, and uh, you have you know employees and all kinds of cultural issues that are 
front and center all the time that you're having to deal with. What do you feel the role is that your faith plays in all of that? How do you bring your faith into those kinds of interactions and decisions? I mean, it's really difficult and it's something I battle with week to week, you know. It's this battle of, you know, if I dumb down my faith, then it's almost like I just have a quota of verbally saying praise the Lord in front of coworkers, you know. <laughs> I've got my five praise the Lord quota for this week, you know. Oh, good. Like I said, <laughs> it, you know. And so I think reminding myself it's not about that. But I think the biggest things where my faith has weighed in would probably be generosity, just a kind spirit. And patience is another huge one. You know, in a always changing work environment, there's always things happening and people always have needs and scheduling and whatnot. And I think that's where a lot of people could get burnt out. And so I'm really thankful that the Lord has given me the patience to deal with those scenarios. And even if they are frequent, not let them be something that I'm just fed up with and especially never to turn that attitude towards an employee or towards mm -hmm. a coworker is important to me that I never do that. And I'm thankful for how he's allowed that to be a mark of my work in a very secular environment. Yeah, that's very encouraging. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, the times that we've been able to interact with people that do work with you and work for you, you know, without an exception that I know of, they, they always are very complimentary towards you and, and your skills. So I just want to affirm you in the fact that it is being received as you're hoping and, you know, is an encouraging thing to your employees and I'm sure to your guests at your cafe as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. And parents, just a little encouragement. What you're hearing from us and from our son, Caleb, is all a testimony of God's great faithful work in our lives. Because as you know, as parents, you struggle every day. And we struggled every day raising our kids. We weren't perfect. Our kids weren't perfect. But the reason why we have these interviews with our kids is because we want to give you hope that God is faithful if you continue to humbly seek Him and ask him to lead you in your parenting journey with your kids. There will be mistakes, and there were undoubtedly many in our case, but the Lord is so gracious, and he's so good to guide all of us where he wants us to go. And, you know, sometimes that's a very straight line. Sometimes it's a very circuitous line. And it, it just is a thing that, in the end, God is going to receive the glory for the faith that we place in him. So um, we can trust him with that, like Caleb said. So, Caleb, now you're expecting a child of your own, a son or a daughter. Mm -hmm. Very curious what your thoughts are at this point in your life about the journey ahead of you becoming a parent and the passing on of faith and all of those kinds of things. What are the things bouncing around in your head right now? I think I see a lot of people talking about how they wouldn't want to bring a child into this world. And that's the general consensus of a lot of people, or they're not willing to take on hard tasks or leadership, or they mm. believe the world's overpopulated. But I think knowing that's the general mood and the general vibe out there is kind of disheartening. And I think it encourages me and Sabrina to do our part a little bit more. And more than ever, you know, it seems important to raise godly children, raise emotionally stable kids who can handle hardships because 
so many people, they're just like leaves in the wind. And it's just super sad to see the smallest mm. things affect them so totally when they're mm. adults. So I think a mm. lot of that is sobering. And it really reminds me how I want to raise children who are emotionally smart and socially wise and also love the Lord and will always go back to him when they're in trouble or when they're in doubt. I love that, Caleb. Those are such great goals and very wise. I know the Lord will help you and Sabrina. So Caleb, let's think for a minute about the people who are listening. There's parents out there who have little boys very similar to you who are I don't know what their their mindsets might be, but some might be struggling, some might be coasting along, some might not be taking their role seriously. I mean, with all of that in mind, from your perspective, what is some advice or some encouragement that you could give to those parents who are in the shoes of raising a little boy right now? I think what's really important is as much as you back up the, you know, this is why we do X, Y, Z. This is why we obey mommy and daddy. This is why we obey God. Like as much as you back that up with good reason and scripture and follow it yourself, I think there's nothing more valuable than also showing it's okay to make mistakes. And even at the appropriate age, like showing your sons your own mistakes and being vulnerable to an extent of, you know, where you've messed up and I think that that can truly cultivate just a heart of someone who feels like they can share when they messed up instead of it being something that festers and builds. And if you're just asking, like, how are you doing? How's your heart? How are you doing? How's your heart? A lot. It can really just kind of become monotonous and instead really showing where you've messed up and being vulnerable for your kids, I think can be really valuable and show them that you're a safe place to talk and to confess and all of that. I think that's really valuable. That is very good advice, Caleb. Then when parents do that, then you as a child are more comfortable being able to do that yourself uh-huh. when needed. And right. that's a great word of advice. And I think, too, the humility that that models for kids, you know, we all need to learn humility. It's one of the highest characteristics that Jesus demonstrated for us. And so if we want to be like him, humility has got to be a part of that picture. So right, no better way to do that than to bring your kids into your world and show them the struggles you've had, but then the victories that Jesus has given you. It's a good case study, so to speak. Right. Caleb, you're going to be a great dad. Sabrina's going to be a great mom. We are excited about it. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to watch you try your hand at parenting because we know you're both going to have a great deal of wisdom and insight and skill at it because the Lord has made you skillful in the areas that you need. So it's encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, you're so welcome. Well, Caleb, as we wrap up, would you mind praying for the parents out there? Sure. Dear God, I thank you for all of our listeners, and I thank you for the parents that are listening with the heart and the desire to raise godly kids and to raise God-fearing kids and to raise kids who um, will chase after you even after the parents aren't as involved. I thank you for them, and I pray that you would bless them for that desire. I pray that you would bless them with that wisdom and with that discernment to know what you would do in these moments and um, how you would deal with 
their kids uh, messing up or rebelling or going through really tough times in their life or feeling like they're drifting away slowly, I pray that you would just give them the wisdom and the knowledge in those moments. A lot of times for me, it feels like just an intuition that you're giving me, Lord, instead of some divine revelation. And I pray that you would remind them of that and that after they've prayed and after they know that they trust you, I pray that they would follow that intuition that you've given them. Pray that you give them humility to share with their kids of their own mistakes and to be yeah. honest with them and open. And I pray that you would also give them kindness and mercy for when their kids do come to them or do mess up and that their reaction to those mistakes would not be what drive the kids away. And I thank you for these parents who are trying, as we all are, and I pray that you would not forsake them, but continue to be with them every step of the way, as I know you will. And again, thank you for them tagging along and listening with us and being a part of this conversation. I pray your blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 could we ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the work that we're doing at Morning Mindset Media. You'd be supporting this podcast and a whole lot more. Please go to morningmindsetmedia.com slash support. Okay. <clears throat> you you are made for this, Caleb. <laughs> well, first of all, Caleb, before I forget, have you happened to get an email for us? Nice. Heck yeah. To what podcast is this? <laughs> I... Here, give me one second. I'm eating up a cracker real quick. <laughs>